Hello and welcome to the 46th episode of Long Live Play, the number one Australian PlayStation podcast full of lukewarm takes and mental breaks, hosted by myself, Govinda Whitehurst, and the V to my Geralt, Mr. Kale Adam. If you like what you hear, you can and should review us on Apple Podcasts or follow us and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at LongLivePod. If you have the YouTube, we're on there as well. Easiest way to find it is in the link tree on both of those socials. With that out of the way, Kale, how are you going on this uncaffeinated afternoon? Kavinda, first things first, let's get a few things straight. It's Geralt and not Geralt. Good? Got it? Good. We can move right along. We need to address what you're drinking, which you've revealed to me is... Iced Latte from Mickey D. Donald's. And you also <laughs> revealed to me that it has been room temperature for several hours. Care to comment? <laughs> How fucking dare you just come at me like that, dude? All context out the window. No. You know, context, who cares about context? It doesn't matter. I'm going to cherry pick my information and I'm going to throw it at you so you look like a piece of shit. That's what you just did to me. Now, I think it's really important to note that I am living in an infection zone also at this point in time. We should just, just for everyone playing along at home, we should address a few things. So I did a week in quarantine. I avoided the spicy cough. I feel this is because my body is too powerful to be infected. That is not supported by science, but I feel it in my heart. I'm back out. I'm back out in the wild. But I find out late last night that Govinda... We have traded places, like in that hit TV show, Trading Places. Uh, Govinda is in isolation, and I'm back on the streets. My brother has the vid, uh, so it means that I'm forced well. into a sort of isolation myself. <laughs> now, full disclosure, and I, people can judge me in the public how they see fit. I have 10 mm. rapid antigen tests in my room. I took one last night, negative. I took one this morning. Also negative for a very specific reason, <laughs> and I wanted McDonald's it's for breakfast. So <laughs> selfish. <laughs> so I took it. I, <laughs> I took it. I marked up, mm. and I went to the drive-through, uh, and there was no touching of anyone. No one, no one interacted with me directly. I didn't. I had a mask on, so there was no breathing on them. Uh, now the plot's going to thicken further in that. I have a wedding to go to, not this coming weekend that you'll be listening to this podcast on, but the weekend after, uh, with a seven-day isolation. That will get me out of isolation in on Wednesday, as long as I don't get COVID. Now, my fear is, if I get COVID on Friday or any time after it, the wedding's off the table. And I've booked Airbnbs, flights are booked, cars are booked. It's a bad time. It's a bad time for me. Look, I just, I'll just say so for comparison, that when I was in isolation, I, well, I followed the health, health advice and also in, for the betterment of society, I stayed home. And I don't mean to like cast any aspersions as to like comparison of who is the better person or anything, but like <laughs> I didn't go to McDonald's is all I'm going to say, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, just, I'll just put that up. That's that's totally fair. No, I totally get it. And that's like, I, I, I said what I said and I did what I did. And I think I did it as I wish, responsibly as I possibly could have. I would love to uh, cut in like so, a third party here and get like Aaron's take on the situation or something and just, just crack this whole thing wide open. But we don't have that technology available to us, unfortunately. Well, look, the other thing I was thinking, I was like, if you work at McDonald's, you're going to be vaccinated. <laughs> and so I don't feel as bad. I'm vaccinated. They're vaccinated. I did a test in the, like, as, just before I went there. And obviously, 
they're not they're not one hundred percent accurate, right? So there's that. But I've taken two within twenty four hours of each other, and they're both negative. So I'm feeling like I'm up to seventy percent likelihood of them being accurate, which is to at least eighty five. That's got to right? be a You're nearly give me at least eighty five <laughs> margin of error. Plus my recent. <laughs> Plus, my recent bout of COVID has to be have some lingering immunity effects still, right? And sure, I'm beyond like a 90-day window, but even if it's not as immune, I'm still going to be a little I bit mean, more immune. I mean, according to our, and I've man. railed against this so, here at home, but according to our very own government, if you test positive to COVID, you cannot be a close contact for three months, regardless of what any doctor or medical institution says. You cannot, cannot be that. Right, right, right. So, I... Unfortunately, I live with him, so it's not a, a matter of being a close contact. I just live here, so the isolation, I think, stays in place. The <laughs> the one thing is, like, I'm I'm just <laughs> over three months away. From oh, yeah, level, right. So I can be a close contact. but I No, I like get it. I feel like I can't you know what I mean? the disease. I completely understand the impulse to think you're above it. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think the blood clots was the only way to really block it. They blocked the blood, but they also blocked the COVID. Look, yeah, I just haven't really moved past the the sort of the subtext that Govinda thinks that McDonald's employees should just be ready for whatever's coming out of them at any time. No, look, let, let me let me keep, can, can continue my argument. I like to think that I <laughs> was protecting them more than any other you common person about that goes to McDonald's was. You, you, you know what I mean? About it. I considered it. Mm. I took two rats tests at home within 24 hours before I went to see them in a drive-through where they have a shield covering the window. I yeah, never real, touched them. It's and real I have weird a that you had to clarify that you didn't touch any of the children working at McDonald's. <laughs> you no, like, me, like when they're handing me stuff, I made sure not to like actually interact with them. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> no, no. That's no finger brush. So there was zero finger brushing. So look, uh, say what you will. If I'm I go to jail for this, I go to jail for this. And it, <laughs> was it worth the sausage and egg muffin? No, because it was pretty bad, honestly. The the mm. muffin was under-toasted. It was but under-toasted, least, and it was a little bit shit. At least you so got, that's um, what I'm you assuming, get. a pretty decent oat ice latte out of it that is no longer iced, I'm assuming, as well. It's clearly... Well, you, I, I, you'd think it was decent, but it's also like there's a third of it left, and it's... For more than four mm. hours since I'm, I got it, so I it's really not. I don't that know good. whether I'm impressed by the oat milk choice. I'm somewhat surprised. Well, almond milk is almost worse than regular mm. milk for me, so I can't do that. And regular milk is not a not the best. Oh, you time. got like, I'm playing with lactose. fire. It could be fine. I didn't it know could that not about be you. fine though. So you know. No, I'm like I'm real doing, white trash. Like I would drink like a glass of milk, and I love it. I savor <laughs> it. I love it. I'm not lactose intolerant because that's the norm. You're just lactose tolerant. <laughs> yeah, I ate a lot of cheese. <laughs> I ate a lot of cheeses. The higher the fat content, the lower the lactose. So butter and cheese actually usually aren't too bad. Mm. Full cream milk is better than skim milk. I don't know where I know that from. That's just a little bit of information I have. Whether it's true or not, take you just figure it out yourself. Um, <laughs> On that note, we should also I'm say... I'm just winging it at this point. <laughs> do not take medical advice from this podcast. <laughs> Look to oh, your... Oh, no, don't do what I did, but... Oh, actually, you know, I'm fine with it. You do it. Look, you're you're honest. You're out there. It's 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 pretty awesome. Look, I think I did what I did, and I will accept the consequences of that. Before we before we move on from the subject of McDonald's, I patronized McDonald's earlier today. I got a regular quarter pounder meal, and it was it was pretty good. It was it was better than fine. It was it was pretty good. It did what it meant. To <laughs> on the rubric, what are we saying? Like a six? It was like a six five. It did it. But I also did okay. feel, and I use that language specifically, I felt 
patronized in turn because they really just kind of, without looking at me, threw my filthy bag of McDonald's through the window <laughs> at me. And I, it, I felt like a piece of shit. And then I went and sat well, at a car park maybe, and ate it. Maybe you are a piece of shit, Kale. Maybe you are. It is what it is. But either way, we're both uncaffeinated at this point. I had one sip of that not-so-ice latte, and I can't drink it, so I'm not going to be caffeinated. You're not caffeinated. And I think you you could tell that from my low-energy intro that I that I came in with. But it's going to just be a chill afternoon, I think. We're just going to cruise I mean, through. That, I did a fucking extra spicy shot of whiskey moments before you hit the record button. So, I, I don't know. I'm well, running I on some extra spicy shot of H2O. Oh, so responsible. Kale. What have you been playing? Because I see you didn't write anything down. No, and this is a weird one because, again, I've just spent seven full days indoors basically playing video games, and all I really played was Crusader Kings 3. Now, I did play a little with you, and we're going to discuss that because that was an exciting time, and that's going to be hopefully an activity that continues in the future. But I did swap. I have to admit, I did swap from the PlayStation console version to the quite frankly, superior PC version where I originally... Yes, you did. And now something... I don't want to interrupt, but I'm going to interject right here because it's the perfect time. You really did. Well, I don't want to, but I'm going to. I don't want to, but I'm going to. I have to. I'm sorry. Look, I'm going to be honest. We did play some Crusader Kings. I enjoyed it, but the PlayStation interface is kind of polywolly crappy. (laughs) I I know it's the best I could do. I get it. I know it's the best I could do. Yeah. But I then also did do a little little goggle search Mm. of Crusader Kings 3 Mac... Oh, it is available on the Mac OS. I love that. So I love in that. In theory, if I wanted to spend $70 on Crusader Kings and the DLC, yeah, I'd be really I could into that. do that I'd be, on Steam. That'd be fucking fairly lit. And we could do that, and then we can never talk about it again on here. So that's, a, that's the only, only thing. Here's how much of a sucker I am. I was so in the hole for this game when it was announced for PS5. I just bought it, and the, the deluxe edition that comes with the expansion pass sight unseen i didn't even read the fine print downloaded it and i was playing like my first campaign i was like what's going on where's my royal court like what where's all the extra content i go back and look at it and it's like the the expansion isn't out for console it's so weird it came out months ago on pc and they're just saying at some point in the future it will be released here's this little fashions of the abbasid court which is a nothing that's a weird little dlc that Add some clothes to a very specific faction. And that's all I got. I paid for the expansion <laughs> pass. There's nothing in it. It's just, it's a promise. <laughs> so you do have the expansion pass, so it will come. You'll get access like, to it. You'll that. get it. You won't have to pay for it. And yeah, I, okay, I do okay. need to push back because we've somehow gone back and forward on this constantly. I truly am impressed by the controls on the console. Like, this is such a complex PC ass game. Yes, it's not perfect. But I, th- I challenge you to find a strategy game on cult console that works even nearly this well. Except maybe XCOM, which is I pretty need... good. It's so interesting because this game is... You should hate so it. So weird. I, yeah, I, I should hate I'm it. I'm shook that you're even interested. I, I challenge you to get past the tutorial. We've played this oh, for dude, like... I was playing... I was... We played it for hours and hours. Well, <laughs> we played it till like midnight. Yeah, well, it was later <laughs> than that, I think. It was one, I think. I didn't want to say it. I don't want people to know for sure how long we played this for. But it was about 1am that we played it for. I think we played it for like five hours straight. Yeah. It was pretty intense. Uh, I did start another one by myself. I went into uh, Russia. 
whatever Russia is. Oh, the Rus. Count of Raskin, I think. Yeah, it's, they I are the Rus at that point. No, maybe it wasn't Russia. Anyway, I, that's my. This is my biggest problem. Not problem. It's it's my problem. It's not a problem with the game. <laughs> my biggest problem mm. is that there's uh, there's too many names. There's too many places. Yeah, I literally feel like I need to take notes because I in my head I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get a hook on this guy. And for anyone who doesn't know, that's like a you have some information on them. You can blackmail them with it. You can make them do something they wouldn't normally do. Uh, and I'm like, cool, I've got this hook on this guy and I'll, I'll use it to do this thing and then I'll do this thing and then I'll pull this person and I'll do this. But I forget it. I, I'm like, wait, I got this hook. Okay, wait, what did I get the hook for again? And I literally, I'm like, I have to take notes now so I know like, yeah. what my plan is. It is interesting because like the you do miss a lot on the console. Like the PC version, it's you, like on the console, you hit R3. And maybe this is too fucking in-depth for anyone to even follow, but you get those suggestions of like what you can do. Yeah, yeah. PC's better about kind of that. like a guide about like if you don't know what you're doing, you can pull up this thing and it'll be like, hey, you can do this, 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 and yeah. you can kind of choose what you want to do from the list. It's very helpful. I feel like the PC's version is even better and like it will remind you that you have a hook on that person and that's all relayed to you quite nicely. Just so you don't forget. Yeah, like in that suggestion screen. It yeah, will say it's that. like maybe you should use this. Yeah, it's not even... It's not even the forgetting of the hook or anything. It's like, I, I know I'll be like, cool, I got the hook. It was Because I, I went through the intrigue learning tree or whatever it was. Uh, and I got something where I can fabricate hooks. Remember I asked you about fabricating a hook? Yeah, it's one of the intrigue It's perks. a perk. It's one of the perks. Uh, so I fabricated a hook and it was a strong hook. And mm. I was like, awesome. Why did I do that again? <laughs> and I knew I had a plan for something. And I was like, I don't know what it was for. Yeah. And the names and the, I'm still not sure when it's like talking about the duchy and the county and the barony. I'm like, I don't even know anymore, dude. At this point, I'm like, I think I'm probably 200 hours deep and I'm still learning new things. I've been playing this for like, I don't know, nearly a year on and off. And like even just the other night I was playing it and I came up with a something that just kind of broke my brain. All right. So you're playing as Catholics. Uh, infidelity is a sin in this game. And if you can prove that someone has cheated on their husband and I'm, I'm sorry about gender equality. Uh, you can put the woman in prison. <laughs> the man, he's all right. If the man cheated, you can put the woman in prison? Yes. Yes, that is correct. So, me, thinking outside the box, all right, I'm trying to seize my liege's territory, right? I want to break free from him so I can be independent. I can declare myself a duke. He's got too many allies. I look deeply. I note that his biggest alliance... <laughs> is directly through his wife to another kingdom. So what do I do? I invest in the intrigue skill tree. I become a hot little stud. I bang the wife. I blackmail <laughs> her. I refuse what she offers back and I just put it out there. He imprisons her, his own wife, losing the alliance in the process. I'm able to fight for my own independence. It was so satisfying. I thought about it and it worked. And that's why this game is fucking incredible. <laughs> so that's what I I think I like about it the most is you really do make these crazy little stories of yes, your own. Yes, yes. And it is it is essentially Game of Thrones the game. Oh, like yes. The actual Game of Thrones yes. where you are just trying to like fuck people over and blackmail them or secretly murder them. Uh, I kept getting low ranked bishops on my council and I continually just tried to murder them. And with this guy that I had near Russia, I don't even know if he's in Russia, might not be. Uh, I his, He was super high intrigue, so my murder schemes were very successful. And I, just kept, I murdered like three of my bishops, like back to back to back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the ultimate thing I did is, because he was in the intrigue one, he was 
super fertile and we're just having so many kids with his wife, which with the succession law that I had was awful. Yeah, it's a bad time. It means I had time. I ended up having like five or six sons and the succession law by default is that it gets split evenly amongst your sons. There's more to it. There's than a lot that, more to just, it, yeah. it. It means when you you die and you take over your heir, you have nothing or you have much very much little less than you had yeah. before. So I was planning for my death. I knew it was coming. And so what I did is I disinherited one of my children. Mm-hmm. I made another child take his vows. So he became like a monk, a, a clergyman yeah, somewhere, yeah. a monk somewhere. And he lost his inheritance. And then I was like, what do I do with this little shit? Because I can't do either. That He won't accept it. I've got no hook on him. So I imprisoned him. Yeah. And then while he was imprisoned, I beheaded him. Well, that's what I was going to say. A, a murder plot is almost guaranteed to work if the person is in your dungeon. <laughs> I didn't... Oh, that's good to know. It is good to know. know Yeah, like, once you start to understand these little things, you're like, all right, well, now I just need to fucking out one of his secrets, something that I can imprison him with, and then I can kill him, and no one's going to care, like... Well, I didn't even need to. I just... I I had... I think I had a small hook to get him in prison, and he reluctantly went to prison. But then it just... I was like, what do I do now? Like, he still has his inheritance. I don't know what to do. And I saw the opportunity to execute, and I was like... All right. I wonder what this will do. And I just beheaded him. You knew what it would do. And then I... Well, I didn't know I was going to behead him. I thought, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, sure I did. Okay, whatever. It's fine. So, eventually, it went from having six kids that were going to split up my entire little duchy to having one kid getting almost everything and another kid getting, like, a small section of it somewhere else. Yeah. And I was like, man, this game's crazy. There's a lot going on. Like, I've even just discovered you can sort of get around that if you just grant lands ahead of time. I've kind of figured out what's going to be lost in the inheritance. So, if you can just think about that ahead of time and give your kids something to keep them happy, that's another way to get around it. But Govinda, that's literally all I've been playing. I told myself I was going to play Sekiro. Didn't happen once. Not once. Just because it's... Well, we played Destiny. I was going to say, just because it's shared, we played a shitload of Destiny. And it's been very nice for me. It's been a very nice change of pace. Yeah, it's been very good. We recruited my brother into it, which is like a... It'll be good, but it was a little bit of a liability when we were doing that story mission the other day. Because he, he just wasn't a high enough light level. But what a good DLC. And this, this Destiny is going to tie into, our, I guess, our, the news that we care about later on. Because I have something to link to that. And if you can remind me of it, I will. Otherwise, I'll forget and we won't. So, we played some Destiny 2. The Witch Queen is actually super sick. I'm into it. Having yeah, a great time. Like, we're sort of getting towards the end of it. Maybe not. We're just back Who in. Knows, we're just dude. doing the dailies and shit. It's But I just like that it's, like, challenging enough. Like, it's just... Yeah. It really is... A challenge, and I like that a lot. The, the legendary a couple of times we thought it was insurmountable, and then we just come back and we somehow scrape through. Yeah, uh, we got to another bit where we were like, we don't know what to do. This guy's one shotting us. We're kind of stuck here, and we'll get there eventually. I'm sure. But I could play some good, later on. Good... I could play some later mm, on. I guarantee nothing, but maybe that's a possibility. Maybe. All right. Well, um, I see you've got a few other now, things here. One. I do. I don't Forbidden know. West. I'm still playing. <laughs> okay. I'll get there, okay. and you can you can be mad at me for it then. I'm playing more Forbidden West. I'm getting very close to the end, but I don't know what to do because I think I'm on like the last, if not second last mission. And I'm thinking now is the time that I'm just going to go clean everything up before finishing the game. I think that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I got the thing done. that I didn't want to spoil last week and I'm going to go just get everything done and then I'll finish it. I think that's what I'm going to do. I don't know. It's kind of not my focus at the moment because I'm playing so many other things and Crusader Kings was a real wild card. It I is. I didn't expect yeah. to enjoy as much as I am. Mm. Now, the big one, Kale, and you're, I know you have problems with this. It's not that I have problems. So, I just, it's so do. surprising. It's so weird. No, it's not. So, 
Fortnite, Kale. Fortnite. <laughs> no, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, it existed. I've heard of it. I played a good amount of Fortnite back in its early days when it just released. Uh, we all did. And I always, every time I played it, I'd be like, oh, man, I would like this game so much more if I didn't have to build shit and people didn't build shit in front of me while I'm trying to shoot them. Like, that's just really shitty. And then I saw Fortnite released a zero build mode for, in solos, duos, trios, and quads. Yes. Where there is no building. It doesn't exist anymore. And so what they do is they created like some zip lines around the place. They also created like a mantle so you can jump and mantle up to things. And it's just way fucking better. It's so much better. It's crazy how a game could go from like a five in my book to like a eight. Like so much fun with a squad of people. I don't play it alone. Okay. I have friends in America that I always played Warzone with and I always played like Apex with like my... My battle royale friends. Yeah, this is and sort we of um, anything for ages. This is like Govinda's group of friends. They won't let me join. Um, I think they make fun of me. Uh, I just want to be a part of it, but it's all. It's like, hey, no, we we lived in America, so you know, we're going to talk about things like Five Guys. I've been to Five Guys, Govinda. I can, I can talk about that. I think I'm ready for another <laughs> shot. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. Excuse me. What? You hate battle royales. You hate multiplayer most of the time, and I don't think you do want to play this game at all. In my defense, okay. I was keen for Battlefield and you really shat the bed on that one. You pushed for it. You got everyone involved and I think that stinks on you. I didn't say multiplayer. I did say multiplayer a little bit, a little bit, but Battle Royale specifically. You don't Battle Royale. You don't Battle I Battle royale with the best of them. I've Apex. I've No, PUBG. you haven't because you don't commit and you need committal in the Battle Royale space, right? I need you to commit to some Warzone. You never did it. I need you to commit to some Apex. You never did it. So every time you did play, you were kind of pulling the whole team down. That was never that's good ha- That's harsh to hear, but fair. I'll allow that it's fair. <laughs> I will exactly say, right. so, immediately, I'm far more interested in the concept of us playing multiplayer Crusader Kings. That's way more in my yeah. wheelhouse. And competitively, I but... I know, because you're weird, dude. And you're the sort of person where you're like, oh, let me tell you about the history of uh, William the Conqueror who was over here in Normandy. And I blah, did blah, do blah, that. Blah, okay, and my poor wife <laughs> had to suffer through that as well. <laughs> she was watching me yeah, and it just yeah, turned so. into a lecture for her, which she deserved. She did deserve that. Kale has this idea to stream it, and I just don't know if that's going to fly with the people out there, I but think, maybe it will. I think it really will, because the thing is, if you listen to us playing, there was a moment where like you were describing what you were doing, and it is a pretty good running commentary of what's happening, and that's what I think is the struggle with Twitch, is when you're not explaining what's happening. But even just you asking questions of how to do things is somewhat informative. And I think it's funny yeah, enough. Maybe there's there's something there. I, I just feel like it's going to be a lot of going. Oh, pause, 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 pause. We would maybe we come up with pause. a. And again, like I've got a lot more experience. Like we get you to a point where it's kind of a thing. But look, it markets. Maybe I have to host the game, and then I can be in control. It markets itself. Or maybe we just need to run it slower. You just look at this. Now we're just planning things. The, the podcast isn't even Never mind. happening Stop anymore. It. Never mind. Okay, that's <laughs> it. Um. So other than that. They are the four things that I've played most uh, and the biggest surprise of all. You'd think it's Crusader Kings, but it's actually Fortnite, zero build, I'd say. Yeah, that's interesting because that's a lot because we played a lot of Crusader Kings and we played a lot of Destiny. Well, yeah, we did. Uh, Look, I for Easter, I literally sat inside for 90% of it and played games, not expecting to be in isolation after. That was my mistake. And now I'm like looking back being like, damn, I wish I got out during Easter a little bit more. And here we are, in isolation. So many more games to come, and my work has been particularly slow this week. So I was just playing a lot of Horizon today, and I don't know, dude. It's it's good and it's bad. I feel guilty, but at the same time, I'm, I'm so jealous. Fun, so who really I'm knows so what's tired. Going on? I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kale. Time for some quick fire news. Oh, I do that. 
Govinda, can I interest you in some quickfire news? <laughs> Govinda, do you remember Steel Rising? No, not even a little bit. I was surprised if it was in here because I had to look it up. It's, I'm, but can you explain it for the people? Because I can guarantee they don't know what it is. I'm either. vaguely interested in it for several reasons. So the story here is that Steel Rising was simultaneously given a release date and delayed at the same time. That was the fun little factoid that brought it to my attention. Uh, then I actually watched That's the- a good uh, cancellation, cancel out. Like people yeah. are like, yay, but also disappointed, but yay. So they, it kind of just is a neutral announcement. It was given a release window. And then when it finally got the release date reveal, it was way later than the initial window. <laughs> so it kind of like was a bit of a bait and switch. So this is a Souls-like set during the French Revolution with robots. You still with me? Souls-like? Yeah. It looked almost like a, I could be wrong. Maybe I am... It looked almost like a Dragon Age kind of vibe when I was looking at it, like a more of a RPG. Yeah, it's it's got like the Souls stamina based combat. Like it's just a shorthand. I think actually the yeah. inspiration was Bloodborne was one of their. Well, look, I'm gonna be really honest. I watched the video. It it looks like something I'm not playing. It looks uh, it looks janky as fuck. I think a lot of people yeah. were concerned. This was developed by Spiders, who I want to say are Polish. You would know them from Greedfall. That was their sort of. Oh yeah, not a good, not a good. It's not a good creed. Someone say. Yeah, it's not a great pedigree, but they're trying, and I think they're on the cusp of if they can just that next level. The, yeah, they're nearly there. They're nearly Maybe. there. And like the. The build that we that you've seen gameplay of is not close to final. It's very early, so yeah. it can get cleaned up a lot. But it's what French Re- Revolution with automatons. Yeah, I think alternate it, French Revolution. It's a cool automatons. idea. Like I'd be interested in playing it. It's probably going to get bad reviews, and it'll be like a double A yeah. at best. It feels like it's going to get sevens. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's what it feels like. That's kind of where Greedfall sat. And to be totally fair, I I was pretty hyped on Greedfall, and I ended up not playing it because it was not. The Witcher 3, as I thought it was going to be. (laughs) Uh, All right, what's next? Uh, So, Govinda, Sean Murray is out here promising he can literally manifest your dreams in a video game like it's 2013 or some shit. He actually say, can you actually give me the quote? Because it's even funnier. I actually don't have the quote. I don't have the quote directly in front of me. Oh my God. Okay, so he said something along the lines of... The next game they're making, you wouldn't believe they made it if they had a team of a thousand people. It's that impressive or something like that. This like, guy is out of his fucking mind. Don't you remember what happened <laughs> last time you did this? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so for someone who doesn't know who Sean Murray is, uh, No Man's Sky's game that PlayStation was pushing super hard. It was going to be like this crazy universe, endless possibilities. They were promising multiplayer and all this crazy And sorry, just, just to be totally transparent, that is what the creator... Sean Murray said, endless possibilities. Like, the things this guy was promising, like, you are not being hyperbolic when you say that. Like, this is what the developers promised. (laughs) He was saying infinite planets, infinite creatures, infinite worlds. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, I think they weren't lying about that. But when the game came out, the world looked almost the same most of the time. Yeah. Nothing on them, completely empty. Multiplayer wasn't there. Oh, they lied about that. The game was... Straight up. They straight up lied about it. He said there was multiplayer. The, The videos... Yeah, he did. And the videos that they released of gameplay at E3 were like total bullshit. Yeah, they were like compare them to what actually the final game would actually looked like. Was it, look, it was impressive in its procedural generation, but it looked like shit, and there was nothing to do in it. You just like kind of mind things. So dead. It was, and, and like the thing is, I've popped back to their credit. I think he is the truest success story of. They just spent the last five years turning it 
almost into what he promised. Like, it's an incredible game today. This is the biggest comeback story in gaming history, but somehow he, in one day, with one message and tweet or whatever it was, has lost all credibility again. It's it so is crazy. Insane. Like, has this guy learnt fucking nothing? I will just say, just to head the weebs off, Govinda, I think you have to give that honour to Final Fantasy fourteen just before the legions come after you. But I truly think that is the greatest comeback story. They had to literally destroy the world in the story, take the game away for a few years and then come back with it. Mm-hmm. And now it's the biggest ever. The reason I would counter that mm. is that uh, Hello Games is a team of like 25 people. Yeah. And they have Square Enix behind them for Final Fantasy XIV. It's true. And they've got uh, that name. And I think I think the build-up of, of No Man's Sky and what it actually was was much <laughs> crazier than what Final Fantasy XIV was. So I'd still maintain this is a bigger comeback. We'll fight about that later. Comeback. We can fight about that later. That can be something when we have no news one time. Uh, but what the fuck is this guy doing, dude? I shut the fuck up, Sean. Shut up. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's sad. It's it's an unfortunate place to be in. I mean, I hope he's right, but we know he's oh, dude, over promising no. again. It's Peter Molyneux all over again. You remember that guy, right? <laughs> but didn't didn't he only fuck up once? <laughs> Peter Molyneux, you famously he from his mistakes, he, he was the fable guy. <laughs> He was the same yeah. story. He was like, you can do fucking anything in this game. <laughs> yeah, dude, I remember that. What was it, Fable 3 or whatever? It's like, you can do anything. <laughs> you see that? You see how the dog reacted to the butterfly? Like, yeah. <laughs> These people are the worst. Uh, we give them anyway. money. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait to see the clusterfuck of a game that they release after raising everyone's expectations again. It's going to be fun. But fair dues. They did their penance. I think he's earned this opportunity to have another big announcement, I, but it's unfortunate I don't think he did this. It's not like this. <laughs> you know what would have been way better for them? Imagine this, right? They just drop it. They say fucking, they say nothing. Yeah. And then they just go, boom, this is what we came up with. And they're showing actual gameplay of an actual game that is actually mind-blowing instead of this hyperbolic swill that he's swindling. It's so self-defeating because now there's already this negative reception where you're like, well, come on, show, prove it. Prove it, idiot. Like, that's my stance needs, now. <laughs> Someone needs to teach him like a little bit of marketing stuff where like you can't... Like, expectations are the thief of joy. That's like the classic saying, right? Oh, that was beautiful. The higher did you, you built up someone's expectations... Did you come up with that? That's beautiful. That's the saying that I came up with him just on the spot there. Yeah, again. wow. <laughs> kind of a big deal. Some have called me a wordsmith. I don't know. But it, hyping people up to then release a game that's broken for the second time... Mm. It's literally the dumbest thing this guy could do. And it'd be so much better to be like, hey, we're working on something new. Don't have much to tell you right now. And then just dropping the craziest mind-bending shit ever. That'd be so cool. It would but be no, cool. He's blown it. But this guy needs a slap in the face. Imagine working there. You'd be like, dude, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> I like to think that they had like a board meeting or a meeting like the day before being like, all right, no one say anything. Yeah, we're going to keep it real low-key. <laughs> Keep the expectations down. <laughs> he comes out and being like, "You wouldn't believe this game was made by a team of a thousand people. It is that crazy. Holy the scope shit. is huge, but you'll never see anything like it. It is so fucking." He just sick. gets up and walks out. <laughs> Who knows? What we do know, Govinder, is that Ghost of Tsushima developer Sucker Punch Games is finally moving on to its next project after two years of updates. How does that grab you by the ghoulies? Awesome. I guess now is the perfect time to play Ghost of Tsushima if you haven't played it already. It's true. Because it's as good as it will ever be. It's true. 
I mean, this is, again, it's impressive that they hung around for two years. It was already a great game at launch. Like, we didn't... Yeah, they also had, like, the... They also had the multiplayer mode that they had to integrate in there and support and stuff like that. I was so gonna, that's like, probably part of it. Even that, like, that was free, right? Legends? Yep. Yeah, that's, yep. like... They didn't need to do that. It was fine. I think... No, they didn't. We only played it for a hot minute, but it was pretty cool. For what it was, like... It was pretty cool. I think, like, as a little multiplayer game, that was really good. If you wanted to get into it and you had, like, a proper little group that wanted to keep doing it, I think that'd be sick. Yeah. What they needed to do is have some sort of a PvP. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because it was strictly PvE. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it, having a cool, like, samurai fights with people would be sick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kavinda, this was a headline. I'm summarising it, but it really grabbed my attention. It is that... And I believe it was on Kotaku, just to give full credit where it's due. I call it Kotaku. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> can't, can't take that on right now. Fia's panties are getting players banned in Elden Ring. Kavinda, who is Fia? In the uh, mythology of Elden Ring. Now, just for the record, you have platinumed this game. You have seen her storyline through to its conclusion. So, who is Fia? If I'm not mistaken, she is the girl uh, at the shrines. No, no, no. <laughs> not even a little bit. That's Melina, the maiden. Fia. Wait, okay, the, don't, yeah. don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. Fia, Fia, Fia. This is incredible. Okay, no, Fia is the girl that gives you a hug. She is the deathbed companion. That is who, that was She's the She's the hug girl. And that then, was what yeah, I was yeah, looking and then, for. Okay, cool. Sorry, I knew she was important. I just didn't know how important until I realized that she gives you hugs that you should never take because they debuff you for until forever. Really. I couldn't <laughs> tell you how many hours I played with that debuff active and I kept oh, looking at it and I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and I just did it anyway. So uh, The joys of discovering <laughs> in Elden Ring. There's a few things here. So Fia's panties are an item, right? They're not called that. They're called the Deathbed Companion's Undergarments, I believe. It's something like that. And what they are, they were an unfinished item that modders found in the source code, right? So on PC, someone has resurrected this. And we're going to talk about it in a second. People, second. People wear them. It looks, it looks like a little G-string. Is what the item looks like. It's just a little hot. Yeah, That's hot, dude. yeah, it's really hot. See, I'm glad that the modder found them in the code rather than people just murdering fear because I thought that's what that was happening. No, I thought people were murdering. So it. what's happening is even more insidious: is that these players that have gotten their hands on it go into multiplayer matches and they drop an item. You can't tell what the item is up front. You pick it up. It's Fear's panties. And what happens is, if you're online and you have that item in your inventory, you can be banned from the game. So it's very insidious. People are getting trolled. Is the it like fuck a timer? Out. Like, do you get banned for like a certain amount of time, or are you just banned for good? As far as I understand, you were just banned. Like, you know, modding in Elden Ring is not really supported. Like, if you do it, you have a special uh, thing that blocks. You're breaking like terms of service yeah. or whatever. There are mods that block the uh, the anti cheat software, so you can run mods. You can just never play online with them. That's sort yeah, of the okay. trade-off. So that's just a fun thing that's going on. But this is another springboard into the world of Elden Ring multiplayer. Now, we need to talk about Let Me Solo her, Govinda, the the legend in the Souls community. Oh, yeah, dude. Now, Big fan. <laughs> I have to be very careful about how I say this because I, I am a fuckwit. But here is... I feel like I summoned this person when I fought Millennia at least once. I, you might have. I, thought, I think I did. And it's not like, you know, I'm making this up because I'm admitting it up front. I can't prove it. And I can't even remember clearly. But I do. This is so familiar to me. When I saw this story, I was like, oh, take it what you will. Uh, but anyway, let me solo did you, her. Did you 
let someone solo her, though? No, definitely not. I, it would have been a time when we just fought and died, and I wouldn't have understood to... So this is a person that plays online. She probably he. Who knows? It's a character in this video game who joins you. <laughs> Do you want to take this? I'm, I'm too caught up. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm too caught up. I was going to say. Uh, so what it is, is it's a character in a video game that is called Elden Ring. <laughs> Where, no, so there's, there's a player, uh, they named their character Let Me Solo Her, mm. and they essentially, they were inspired by the first time they fought Millennia, who is uh, arguably the toughest boss in the game, who regenerates health every time she hits you, has two forms, is a really fucking brutal fight. Infects you with and so cursed rot. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue with they. Let's go with the uh, non-gender specific name. They thought this fight was so difficult and insurmountable that then they perfected the fight themselves. And what are they and wearing? So they would wear they would wear nothing. No, no, except no, a no, little no. loincloth. They wear. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. Nothing except a little loincloth mm. and a pot on their head. Yeah, because they like the character that gives you the pot or that you get the pot from. Uh, they run with two katanas, so heavy bleed damage. And the idea is that you see the name Let Me Solo Her and you just sit back and watch yeah, this they, character solo millennia for you. You go into the hardest boss fight in the game. They do a little gesture, which is like, stay back. And then they run in and, and solo it. And it's it's very and impressive. Apparently, uh, the, they have helped 300 people huh. beat that boss. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's really just the beginning because now there's an imitator who has surfaced, uh, known as Let Her Solo Me. And what that ha- what this is, it's an incredible video, is you summon this person, you think it's this legend, and they're going to fucking knock this boss out. They do the gesture, they say, stay back, they run forward, and they just let themselves be murdered. And then you are fucked, because you've, you're, now you're fighting a harder version on your own. And then... I love that. I love that a lot. As if that wasn't enough. Again, the modding community is incredible. Someone has fig- like made a spirit ash of the original Let Me Solo Her. So even playing offline, you can summon in a mimic tier version of Let Me Solo Her. It's like a person, you know, in a loincloth, oh, okay. dual wielding katanas. And you can just summon them for the whole game, which is, I thought was pretty uh, cool. That's the mod, yeah. It, that's, pretty, that's pretty cool. Uh, what a game, dude. What a game. One day I'll go back. I've seen some shit and I need some time off. Oh, yeah, me too. I've got too much on the plate at the moment, which is surprising considering nothing's coming out. It is. Huh. Govinda, the next Sony acquisition will be bigger than Kojima Productions. That's according to a popular gaming insider. Now, this story has grown in the telling, uh, and you really fucking just scooped me on it, and I, I just... Uh, wait, can you say that again? Who sco- wait, you scooped who me. Yeah, you scooped me. You scooped in. Yes, I did. Fuck yes. I, I actually sent him this so he could have put it in himself, but... He decided not to read or even acknowledge my message that I sent him. It came late. Uh, but it is from another industry insider. PlayStation is to acquire from software. This comes from Dr. Serkan Toto. I don't know who they are, but apparently they are an analyst and they are very accurate with the analysis of PlayStation and its business world. Now, well, let's dig into this a little bit, Kale. I, we've been talking about this a little bit, almost speculatively, that from software would be a crazy acquisition for PlayStation. It would be a crazy acquisition. Now, what they would need to do, yeah, they need to get Kodakawa, which is the company that owns From Software. Yeah. And while they could buy From Software from Kodakawa, what I think is more likely is that they will just buy Kodakawa. 
Now, just to test my mind, do they do like historical Japanese games, like weird strategy stuff, like Romance of the Thirteen Kingdom? Uh, very possibly, but what they really, they only have two developers actually. What they mainly do is like anime and manga, and which that's why I kind of think it's more likely to buy Kotakawa because I know PlayStation wants or Sony wants to get into that anime side a little bit heavier. And they've got two developers, FromSoft and Spike Chunsoft. Oh, I know Spike. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So that name rings a bell to you, Kale, Ooh, because they make baby. one of your little games, which is Dungan Romper. That's the uh, the thing. Um, now Dangan Dangan Romper is a game. They also make Dragon Quest. Just saying. Oh shit! That's huge. That's huge. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they made Pokemon Mystery Dungeon on on uh, DS and Game Boy Advanced. Uh, oh. Dragon Quest Two, Dragon Quest Three, Dragon Quest Four. Uh, yeah, dude, they they do some shit. So I think that is not a not out of the realm of possibility. Just really quickly, because I won't be able to get to sleep tonight if I don't correct this right now. I was thinking of Ko Shibusawa, who make the Nobunaga's Ambition series of strategy games. Um, sorry. Uh, sorry about okay, that. No, sorry not that, that one, no. So, you would get From Software, and you would get Spike Chunsoft, which is Dragon Quest and Danganronpa. No, no, wait. Sorry. Sorry. Just Dragon Quest. Isn't that Square Enix now? Um, look, they might not make it completely, but they might have a hand in it. Maybe they publish uh, but or something. Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest 3, um, it, the publisher is Enix, but this is the old uh, Dragon Quest. Oh, yeah, 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 cool, cool, cool. So, this is before Square and Enix became Square Enix, uh, but they have, yeah, I think the the one for Kale I just wanted to say was Danganronpa, and I know he's a weird Danganronpa dude. <laughs> there are dozens of us. <laughs> to be fair, at the time, they were just called Chunsoft when they made them. Yeah. Now they're Spike Chunsoft. So that's where Dragon, that's where Danganronpa came in. They also made the Attack on Titan game on 3DS. They like they do shit anime vibe games, and I think that is something that it would just make sense if they're going to do it. Now this is interesting, and I I don't even know if I truly believe they would sell, especially now in light of Elden Ring's success. I don't know mm-hmm. that they need fucking any help from PlayStation already. They created one of the. Uh, the greatest PlayStation exclusives in a second-party capacity in Bloodborne. Like, I don't really know that... And actually, as we discussed a few weeks ago, the scuttlebutt is that From Software is in discussions to make an Xbox exclusive, Souls-like. So, I don't know. That is the scuttlebutt. Although, I think that's old. And I think I sent that to you a while ago, and Mm. I realized I was dumb, and I sent you, like, a year-old article. Now, <laughs> I'm going to throw something at you. I'm going to throw something at you. Yes. Uh, I believe Sony's market cap right now is about 10 times more than Kotakawa's, which would put Kotakawa at about $3 billion in value. And s- PlayStation has $10 billion to spare for acquisitions. Okay. So it is totally in the realm of possibility they can overpay a little bit yeah. and buy the entire company. And while why would they sell? I would say there's... Three to four billion reasons why they would sell. Yeah, it's it's just one of those weird things where I, I could... They're so sort of mysterious from software. Like, I could just see them wanting to remain independent. Uh, that's They're not independent, to be fair, but yeah, I know what you're You saying. know what it's I like mean, not, yeah. Like, not, not to a console specific. Yeah, it seems to... Like, does it still come out on PC? You would hope so. I don't see why not. Yeah. I don't see why not. I just think it'd be a console exclusive and it just wouldn't be on Xbox's Game Pass. <laughs> It's big on Xbox, though. Like, the Dark Souls series is massive on Xbox. Like, this would actually oh, be for sure. kind of a kick in the dick to a l- many millions of people. 
Oh, I, I don't doubt it at all. And I think that I think the you make up for it if you keep releasing it on PC and make it a console exclusive to PlayStation, right? Yeah. But I think it it would be the one that makes the most sense in my mind to counteract the craziest craziness of like Activision Blizzard and all that shit that's been going on and Beth- uh, Bethesda mainly. Like, I would rather lose Fallout than lose Elden Ring. Me too, definitely. And I love Fallout. I think that is totally plausible. At this point, I'm pretty comfortable saying that From Software is my favourite games developer. I don't think... They haven't put out a game I don't like. And and to be totally fair, I haven't played their earlier stuff. But I even loved Armored Core back in the day. Like, on PS1. Yeah. Like, that something about it. They're just, just incredible. And look, who knows? Like, PlayStation bought Bungie and they're still independent somehow. So, there's a world where PlayStation buys Kotakawa mainly for, like, the anime manga side and maybe... Sp- Spike Chunsoft, whatever they can do. Yeah. And then they, they part of the deal is that FromSoft is still multi-platform. Like, that's totally possible as well. But anyway, we know nothing and this is all speculation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just to round that out, like, the original run of this story was that uh, Jeff Grubb, uh, noted leaker and journalist Jeff Grubb on his Grubb Snack podcast, affiliated with Giant Bomb, had theorized that there could possibly be something bigger than Kojima Productions, which is, I think... Unlikely as well that Sony acquires Kojima Productions. Um, well, he says it's going to be bigger than Kojima, so... And I mean, yeah, I, is is From Software bigger than Kojima? Yes. I don't... Is it? I don't know that it is. Not in sales. Like, uh, look, not in sales, but he doesn't... Kojima doesn't own Metal Gear Solid That's IP. true. That's true. So, they don't That's get very Metal true. Gear Solid out of it. Because I was going to say, I was like... is Death Stranding, and if you look at the sales of Death Stranding and all the sales of... Even Dark Souls three, or just Elden Ring. You know. Well, well I, sorry, I don't sorry, put Elden Ring, and that's, that's an are... unfair advantage. <laughs> well, so is Dark Souls three, which was their biggest seller. Well, before let's say that. let's say Demon Souls. Even I don't that, know what would have the sold remake. More, be... <laughs> well, exactly, and that's why I'm saying I think that From is bigger than Kojima, and I don't think Kojima is really a super important acquisition because they seem to have a good relationship with Kojima already, and I'm... they already made an exclusive. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of caught on that because at least with Kojima, you get a name that means a lot more. And in a lot of ways, that's sort of more important. I don't know if Kojima's name is more important than From Software's name at this point in the industry. Yeah, not in a post-Elden Ring world, but like even just Mm. six months ago, I think it would have been the other way around. But it's the way it goes. Like, maybe, but like they were... From was making hit after hit, really. And maybe they weren't, like, hits everywhere. They're very acquired taste, and Elder Ring kind of pushed that into the stratosphere. But even before that, like, again, all you've got is Death Stranding, which apparently is a great game. I just couldn't do it, personally. It's good. And it's a good game. I, the start was too slow, and I got to a bit where I died, and I didn't understand how I died or why I died, and I was like, well, I'm over it, and I just stopped playing it. But, yeah, anyway, it is what it is. It's all speculation, and I hope they buy From Software. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I don't really know how I feel. I don't really care, honestly. Yeah, we'll come back around. We'll come back around. I'm indifferent. And finally, for the quick hit, fuck, long hit, more like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Uh, Max Payne 1 and 2 remakes in the works at Remedy. Now, this is fun for several reasons. Now, really quick, did (laughs) Remedy make them originally? Yes, they did. Okay, that's all. Okay, cool. Govinda, this little factoid is fun for several reasons. My favourite being that Sam Lake creative director at Remedy is going to reprise his role as the face of Max Payne. Now, have you ever seen Max Payne's <laughs> fucked up little face? Um, I, well, look, to be fair, one and two, I didn't really play. Yeah. I, played, I think I played uh, the 
I think I played like the, I don't even know what they're called, like the classic or whatever on the PS3 yeah, yeah, yeah. on my PS3 or something. I don't know. But I did play the, the new one, like Max Payne 3, I presume it was called. It was a long time ago. Loved it at the time. Haven't thought about it since is kind of my feelings on it. I loved these games. I played them on PC, I was telling you. Um, Max Payne 1 is like legitimately incredible. Like it's a really good story. Like if you like like Sin City, like that heavy noir kind of vibe, it's really good at that. And the second one, The Fall of Max Payne, was slightly less good, but still pretty awesome. I actually can't remember if I finished the third. I Anyway, back to the factoid. So, the face. <laughs> they just used a picture of the creative director's face, stretched <laughs> it over the model on PS1, and it's iconic now. The voice actor is a different guy. It's James McCaffrey, but I love that the lead developer is the face of this character, and he's coming back for it. They're gonna do it again. He's like, look yeah, up a picture I, I'm, of him. <laughs> so I hope funny. they do it a little bit better, obviously, than the PS1 version. But <laughs> no, but what, this game's thing. What was the thing? It was like slow motion. Something was. It was the, bullet time. Was the hook? So so bullet yeah, time okay. and so the Matrix and Max Payne one. It was one of those situations. Like, it was like Deep Impact and Armageddon, where they came out at the same time. But it, they both popularized that whole bullet time, and that's what this game is. Like it's barely an action game you run into a room you do the most outrageous <laughs> forward dive slow motion guns akimbo shit and it's yeah it was awesome. always d- dual pistols or something yeah dual i just love the um at least in the max Payne 3 like you could do the same thing but you do it like backwards so you're jumping backwards and shooting what like what <laughs> and also so max is fat and balding in it he's like really on the <laughs> the back he's had a hard life yeah, uh, dude. What a, I'm, I'm into it. I'll if they're proper remakes and not just like remasters, I'll be are. into it. Full AAA budget. Uh, Ooh, this is going to be crazy. Like, I assume not bundled. Uh, it's important to note this is like could be a fucking crazy time for Remedy because uh, after Control, we know that Alan Wake Two is currently in development, which it, a lot of people are very excited about. Mm-hmm. I kind of am too, to be honest. So with this as well, that's some pretty wild shit they're bringing back. And it's, yeah, they are bringing back some good stuff. And Control was good too, even though neither of us ever finished it, but it was cool. Uh, look, I, I think playing Control, I'm like, they'll make a sick Max Payne game next gen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Control itself didn't do it, but them doing Max Payne with that sort of like uh, quality and stuff, I'll, yeah. I'll be down for that. All right. Finally, it's time for the news we care about. Govinda, The Witcher 3 was really the only truly great video game Polish developer CD Projekt Red ever made. And I'll say it. And you know this because you were probably one of the 40 million people who bought and played The Wild Hunt. Cyberpunk 2077, which is either incredible or average or outright awful, depending on who you ask, has managed an impressive 18 million copies sold. But it's The Witcher 3 we want to talk about today. Due out last year, many have speculated that the PS5 version of 2015's Game of the Year is mired in development hell, although CD Projekt says that it is not. Originally pawned off to port studio Saber Interactive, who previously responsible for the Switch port of that game, CD Projekt has reportedly returned development in-house, apparently unhappy with the work being done. Well, another release window has been missed. The Witcher 3 was set for a Q2 launch, but that has been postponed. Until when? Nobody knows but many are speculating it could be quite some time before we get our greasy little mitts on that much-anticipated upgrade. 
However, at the latest presentation of CD Projekt Red's financial results, Michael Nowakowski, the Senior Vice President of Business Development, spoke to deny the claims that the delay of The Witcher 3 next-gen upgrade was going to take too long. Quote, I've been looking at headlines on the internet, and one of them caught my attention. It said, Witcher 3 next-gen delayed indefinitely, which sounds like game development is in some kind of abyss. I want to clarify that this is not the case. End quote. He continues, There have been hints that we are going to release it in June, next year, or something like that. That is not the case at all. The only thing we have said is that our internal studio has taken the reins of development. Our internal studio is going to finish the game. We are evaluating the time, and that requires a little research. That's all we're saying. End quote, quote. (laughs) Double end quote, triple quote. (laughs) Oh, Kale, all I wanted to do was to pick up The Witcher 3... PS5 upgrade and carry on with my like 15 hours save that I've got and just have a fucking good time because while I was looking into this a little bit I did see like a lot of the sit like I guess it must be PC gameplay or something and it looks so so good that I really (laughs) wanted to play it again and now I just don't know when I will. We've talked about this so many times we were kind of banking on this coming out this year sort of during the mid-year drought like I would probably jump back in too and I've beat this game twice now which is fucked up well yeah because i still wanted to do the dlc that i never got to do yeah incredible dlc here we are i look so michael old michael i'm gonna go first name basis with him all right he says it's not the case that it's gonna be it's in development hell but he doesn't say that it's not gonna be released in june i says i know he says it's not the case at all but he doesn't know that because by the sounds of it they're still figuring out how much work there is to be done what if they figure it out and they're like it's gonna be a year (laughs) <laughs> Which is is slightly burying the lead as well. We should focus on the fact that when a parent studio takes the project back from another developer, this has happened once before, notably. This means the thing is fucking up. <laughs> like, shit is so bad that they went to Saber Interactive and they said, give it back to us and we're going to do it ourselves. You've had it for years. Now, do you remember when this happened last time, Govinda? No, I was just going to ask, what was the notable one? Was it the uh, multiplayer, Last of Us multiplayer or the Last of Us remake? Uh, no, well, the, the incident I was thinking of was the fucking inexplicable decision to give Final Fantasy VII Remake to oh, CyberConnect 2, a studio <laughs> no one had ever heard of. And they fucked it up so badly that they took it back. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's give you arguably a most valuable and... Yes! culturally important IP to a random... (laughs) Right now, name something Saber Interactive has done. They were given The Witcher 3. That's what they were given to work on. Well, look, I think they they were given it because they did the the Switch port of The Witcher 3, and that apparently was a... For considering the hardware they're working on was a very impressive port. So I, I think bought they it. Were I was like, fucking swindled by it. It ran like yeah. shit. <laughs> Look, well, it ran like shit, but that's because it was on a Switch. It's not the game's fault it ran like shit. It's because no, it was right. on a Switch. It was my fault for believing in the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, look, there's a whole thing about that where Digital Foundry thinks that Breath of the Wild 2 from what they've shown, cannot run on the current Switch hardware. I did say that. Switch Pro is coming out soon, but that is a Nintendo podcast that we don't have and we're not going to talk about it anymore. Oh. So, look, I, I, <laughs> I understand why they gave it to Saber Interactive uh, and I understand why they probably took it back. Now, some might argue that a pandemic and remote work is not working for Saber Interactive and they maybe didn't acclimatize to that like other studios did because what I wanted to mention from the start of the show to here is that the Witch Queen DLC, which is fantastic, by the way, was entirely made remotely. Yeah, right. I didn't know so that. So it is possible. Yeah, it is possible. 
Whereas maybe Saber just couldn't adapt and their remote work is bad and maybe they were just bad at making games look good instead of making them look worse like they did on the Switch port. Yeah, this is not good for CD Projekt Red right now. I think they were really banking on a nice Witcher 3 PS5 yeah. version to really get some goodwill going, they get some money yeah. flowing. Yeah. It's, yeah. This is not good. It's been a very bad year for CD Projekt Red and uh, this is only just going to add to that. Uh, and look, it's one of those things where you think it's only up from here, but it seems to just keep going down for them. So It's hard, though, because when you really balance the scales, like Cyberpunk 2077 sold 18 million copies. On day one of release, they fully recouped every dollar spent. So they never lost any money. They only made exponential profit. Well, they're now... Their good name is ruined. worth it? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Was I it mean, worth it? Pro- probably, because we're all it probably was. animals. If this... PS5 Witcher 3 port can come out and be good, we'll all forget about it and we'll just buy whatever they put out next anyway because we're animals. Now, something I want to just mention that wasn't mentioned in there is while the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt sold 40 million copies, the Witcher 1 and 2 sold a combined 25 million copies. Yeah. Uh, Now, considering that Dark Souls 1 to 3 sold a combined 12.5 million copies. Yeah. The Witcher 1 and 2 were successful, super successful games, and that actually blows my mind considering you could not play them on a PlayStation. My counter to that would be I guarantee, well, I feel very strongly, <laughs> that none <laughs> of those, neither The Witcher 1 or 2 sold incredibly well at launch. Many, 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 I would go a very high percentage were actually sold at full price. Those would have been after the success of The Witcher 3. People would have gone back on Steam, played the first two for fucking chips. Very possible. Chips. I've seen those games going for like $3 Very on Very possible. Steam. But it's still like Dark Souls 1 to 3 have been out for a long time and are critically yeah. successful and have still not sold. Of More. the two games, have still at half the sale. So I, that's pretty crazy to me. It is- and I it is really interesting. Literally can't play those games. No, and it's it's funny though cuz like Dark Souls are good games and The Witcher <laughs> The Witcher 1 is objectively terrible. It's a terrible video game. And the the second some people like it, I think it was pretty bad too, actually. Yeah. That was like yeah. why I had this whole thing here where I really truly believe that this studio is a one-hit wonder. They've made one good video game and we just give them so much credit for it. It's True, but I don't think Cyberpunk 2077 is as bad as The Witcher 1 and 2. It's bad in a different way. Like, The Witcher 1... So, just... I don't know if you know this, but in The Witcher 1, you could have sex with women and you would be given a card for your conquest. You would gather the cards of all the women you had lain with, milady, and then you would have a digital representation of all the, the women you had banged. <laughs> and I'm not kidding about you that. Had a, <laughs> you had a virtual count yeah. as Geralt. <laughs> Yeah, you did. And you collected them like, like that's like the achievement. That was like... Yeah, that's get the... weird, dude. Is that something that's in the books at all? <laughs> no, it's just a very weird, janky Polish PC game. A from... weird Polish gamified sex count. Yeah, I don't like the, that. The, the second Look, was better. That was where things All I'm saying is that I think Cyberpunk, while not being on the level of The Witcher 3... At this point, and I met, like you haven't, I guess, played it since then. As far as I'm aware, on PS5, it is a, it is better. It works. It is ninety percent stable. Mm-hmm. I haven't crashed once, and it's a better game. Right, so I'd say they're not a one trick wonder, but the way they released Cyberpunk 2077 really makes it feel like that. If you haven't gone back and tried to play that again, yeah. which is better than it was, but still not a Witcher three level game. I just can't get away from the fact that 
Cyberpunk was announced in like 2013. We've just been hearing about it for a decade yeah. and it finally came out yeah. and it was just... There's just so much <laughs> wrapped up fart. in that. Yeah, it's stinky. Uh, look, I just think they, they're going to need to do some stuff to get back into the gamer's good books and there are ways off that right now. So the next gen upgrade, is it? it's going to be free, right? If you have the game. I don't know that for sure. I don't know that be. for sure. It better <laughs> it be. It'll be like 15 bucks. They were known as that. That was their whole thing. They did like free, a shitload of free, free DLC. DLC and shit. Yeah, yeah, they were known for that. So it would be really interesting if they choose to. And that's a conversation. They did have to put in a lot of work to get this done. Do they deserve money for it? Probably. Is it icky if they ask or for do it? They, or do we deserve it as an apology for what they did to us? I would also like to say that I think it's in Michael's best interest to say to the world that this game is not in development hell. When by all the evidence I have here, it sounds like it's in development hell. <laughs> it's. But he's well, not no, going to say that. It sounds that. like... See, I think what he's working on is a technicality. Well, it was in development hell at Saber. <laughs> but now it's good. But now we don't know because we've got to do a little more yeah. research to evaluate where it's at. <laughs> yes. It's very uh, very corporate. Very corporate, this... Uh, Look, this he is here. the vice, senior vice president of business development. So, I guess you could describe him as a corporate individual for sure. How much sure. money do you think he makes in a yearly basis? Uh... I have no for idea. CD Projekt Red, I want to say two fifty plus bonuses. Fuck off. <laughs> Probably more, dude. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what CD Projekt Red is worth at all. So I. I really can't comment on that. But I, easy middle six figures probably. But I wonder if that's like Polish rubles or something, or like some kind of. <laughs> I don't know what currency that uses. <laughs> but he gets paid in Russian. Oh yeah, sorry. That's probably Rubles. quite offensive to a <laughs> to a Polish listener. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, you are offensive. We use, We're gonna. I can cut it. It's fine. We use dollary dues. Make fun of me. I don't give a shit. It's <laughs> yeah, fine. Dude, I love dollary dues. Uh, it's when I found out that a a pack a costume pack in Fortnite is forty five dollary dues. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? That is aggressive. A cosmetic costume pack is half. A triple A game price. Are you fucking crazy? And the worst part anyway, is it's anyway. Let's wrap this fucking shit up, Kale. This has been episode 46 of Long Live Play. I've been me, Kale's been him. And if you want to find out if The Witcher 3 is ever coming out, you can listen to episode 47 where you might find out. No guarantees. Please follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Nothing happens there, but <laughs> just it's fun. I just like numbers <laughs> at Long Live Pod. Uh, there's a link tree there. You can find us on YouTube and Twitch and shit on there as well. Kale, any last words? Yeah, I think we actually turned it around for an uncaffeinated episode. It was pretty spicy, I think. I have to say, I think we did too. And I think mm. it all came to... <laughs> I'm just going to float my boat. Never mind. I wasn't going to do it. I think, honestly, it was surprisingly good for an uncaffeinated episode to the point where I'm like, maybe the caffeine is the problem. Oh, that's an interesting... Maybe we peter at the end due to the caffeine. I think we've had a few good episodes. And honestly, I've been off the bull for... a. About a month now. I know you're still riding this is that the, bull. This is the only one. And to be fair, I said no caffeine. I did have a little sip of this disgusting, lukewarm, room temperature iced latte. It's so full circle. I a little caffeine in my See system, that, guys? That's, here we are. That's professionalism. Full circle. Case closed. All right, Cal. Literally, like, I need your last words now. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, goodbye. <laughs>